The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is November 1st and we are going to be working on the eight game card for tomorrow, November 2nd. My name is Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by my partner in crime here, Mr. Mike Apatria, and it feels like I've been off for two weeks, man. I... I've not had two days in a row off from podcasting, and I can't remember when, brother. I know. You're, it's like you retired, and uh, you, know, you just forget the days and times. You were just asking me before. You're like, what days? I was like, Coach, what were you, what were you doing for two days? Uh, going to take a little beach vacations, a little a couple of Mai Tais on the beach, comes back. Uh, I hope you've been crushing it. I, I missed you, man. It's been a while, it feels like. It has. I had that monster GPP win. And and I on Tuesday night, and then I have two days off. I can't even get on here. Oh, to, that's what happens. To brag about it, can you believe that? That's that screams Bender. Guy wins a GPP, <laughs> and then he's gone for two days. Goes missing. I wonder what happened. Uh, it was so fun, man. I was I I actually went to Buffalo Wild Wings with my son and to watch the the late game, the Laker game, and so you know we're there. You know it's it, we're having a blast. And I, I see my team, you know, has a shot to, to take down the whole thing. And that was with a single bullet. I, I played one entry in that $125 entry. And I needed uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope to finish strong uh, and, you know, get about five or six points at the end to take over the guy that was ahead of me. And if you remember the end of the game, he hit six consecutive shots down the stretch. So KCP will be on coach's uh, all-star team for, for life after taking that one down. So that was pretty cool. I hope you left uh, that waitress a nice tip after that. She had she probably had to deal with you, you know, scraping your fingernails off the table from you sweating a hard one out in the middle of Buffalo Wild Wings. So I hope you gave her a good hookup. Uh, she, she had, I gave her a couple high fives during that run. So she, yeah, she, <laughs> she made up just fine. It was, it was a lot of fun. So. Uh, she could, I'm sure stuff. she could keep her lights on with those high fives, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That was not only thing I gave her. She got her money, and she's <laughs> happy. Everybody was happy. My son got a cut just for helping me boot it in, you know? Uh, the coach share. You know the coach The coach shares. shares the love. I know you do, Coach. I'm just breaking yeah. stones over here. I know. It was fun, though. I, I just thought, man, I, it's the, my first good GPP of the, the – uh, season and I, and I got to go two days off, but hey, it is what it is. But you guys did a great job listening to you guys uh, both nights. I thought you did a terrific job. Uh, great calls on a bunch of stuff last night, man. You guys were all over it. I, my, the the one takeaway I had of yours that I thought was the best that I didn't hear any other touts in the industry say was the Derrick Rose back in Chicago, even though he's with the Pistons. Uh, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I jammed him in my lineup. And when I was watching that, truthfully, the, the fans were cheering for him and the Pistons more than they were the Bulls. It was it was amazing. Yeah, and that's I you know there's some narratives I say you can buy into, some of them you can't. Uh, Derek Rose going back to Chicago is one that you can 100% buy into. Um, just if you think about the documentaries and the footage over time, I don't. I mean, I watch everything that comes out about basketball, NBA, whether it's high school, college, whatever it is. I'm all over it. Um, and there was a there was an actual live a live re, like interview uh, when Derek Rose found out he was being traded to the Knicks in the first trade from Chicago, and he literally bawled his eyes out in the middle of the interview. He couldn't even finish it. Um, wow. You know, he he grew up there, you know. This is his hometown. Yeah. This is this is this is the narrative you buy into. You know he's going to want to put on the one negative that was coming into the game is that it's a it's it's the front end of a back to back and he's dealing with a hamstring issue. But I can easily see him just playing about twenty five minutes tonight. And if he absolutely has to, he's going to sit sit tomorrow or you know on this card. So that's something I'm going to monitor that we'll get to. Um, and there could be a chance that we don't see Derek Rose play on this card, and that would open up some value. 
No doubt about it. But outstanding call, great shows, and uh, let's let's keep the momentum and everything rolling. But uh, but before we jump in, there's it's a it's an eight game slate, um, seven games on the on the main slate. But you know we never skip a game here on on Hoopball uh, DFS today. We always we we get every game in case people want to play that solo. I had a nice hit on a solo early game last Saturday, so I want to try to repeat that. Um, but we are sponsored by Fantasy Draft, our presenting sponsor, and uh, they also sponsor the the Coaches Challenge. And I really enjoyed listening to your guys' take on uh, you know uh, sort of lineup breakdown of of uh, the champion uh, of this week's uh, hoop ball. Uh, ch- uh, coaches challenge. And so that was cool. I'm glad you guys did that. It really helps, you know, helps you learn and, and look inside of some of the really good sharks in the industry. And, you know, if you notice, there were some really solid guys in our uh, contest, some, some people that are well-known uh, sharks all over uh, in DFS. I think Papa Gates was in there and uh, a couple other big names. It's it cool. It's great to see as we're growing and, and getting more and more listeners and uh, more people joining in the contest. But again, we, we thank Fantasy Draft for making all that happen and, and being the main sponsor behind this seven-day-a-week uh, free content that I firmly believe is the best in the industry. And uh, you know, go to FantasyDraft.com, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL, and get seven days uh, free membership and up to $1,000 in contests. Also, a couple of our other sponsors uh, we want to mention real quickly, Manscaped.com, which is, I know, Mr. Apatria's favorite sponsor. Um, go uh, to their website. Uh, free, You get free shipping and 20% off with the promo code HoopBall. Also, MyBookie.ag for all of your Betting needs, they are the best. And Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, our original sponsor. So we, uh, with that, we're going to jump in. As you know, we're always, we record these pods the night before for several reasons. Uh, specifically being that we want to give you a chance late night or early tomorrow or, you know, uh, lunchtime tomorrow to, to listen to the pod, start preparing your lineup so you're not scramble at the last minute, you know, definitely listen to, uh, uh, or, or I'm sorry, uh, go to, uh, our Twitter feeds and check those throughout the day tomorrow prior to lock to see any changes or anything, uh, last minute scratches, that kind of stuff. So, uh, we are in the middle of the really cool Friday night card here. Uh, I know Michael and I are both excited. We're Gonna, when we're done with this, we're going to be watching the uh, Mavericks play the Lakers, so that should be a blast. Uh, we've got some good burns going here, exciting. I've got uh, some looking great in some tourneys right now. We, we were talking about a little bit prior to jumping on. Andre Drummond has uh, like 36 fantasy points at halftime uh, while we were uh, just jumping on the show, so there's, there's some good things happening tonight, man, and hopefully uh, we can take some stuff down, and, and when we get on tomorrow's show, we'll be able uh, to review some some winners. Yeah, man, I got a decent little sweat going on. I, uh, you know, I, I did uh, bite some chalk that is biting me back right now, but of course, I told you, I never 100% anybody in my lineups, and uh, only 20% of my lineups are kind of falling to the TJ Leaf chalk. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of obvious, but I played a, bu- a bunch of Sabonis, and a lot of those were just you know basic pivots to Sabonis, uh, just in case he got into foul trouble or if for some reason the ball was falling off the rim towards TJ Lee for most of the night. I uh, had backup plans involved with those, but he was uh, enticing on DraftKings at small forward. I didn't play any of them anywhere else, so I'm still uh, I'm still shooting. I'm still shooting from the hip. And I did mention, I, I told you before the show, this is why I don't jump on trains, Coach. Tristan Thompson sunk a couple of my lineups as well. So I, I played him in a few, and those ones, you know, 27 and a half fantasy points isn't getting it done where I want it to. But my Karis uh, Levert call felt felt pretty good. I'm happy with his points. He's, uh, you know, he's carrying a couple of my teams. He's my exposure to that game. 
Nice. And, you know, like I say, as you know, when you can fade the chalk like a TJ Leaf that everybody jumped on at almost minimum pricing, uh, that's even better than sometimes playing the guys that have big games. It's just, you know, you got to avoid that chalk. And, and as you know, on you know, our, our goal on this show, and, and we, we've done it right through the preseason into the regular season, we're never going to be guys. We're not 150 mass entry. We're going to give you the chalk 8% of every chalk play on the board. You know, we're going to give you some big ass fades. We're going to give you some, you know, some value plays and try to actually talk to it in a, a sensible way that we realize we live in a salary based DFS world. And so we're going to try to give you a mixture of, of picks that will fit into those lineups. So, uh, let's jump in right away so we can uh, keep rolling and get uh, get back to watching some hoops. There's one early game that's not on the main slate. Like I said, it's a 5 p.m. Eastern game. One theme in talking about these games tonight is there are several teams that will be on a back-to-back that are playing tonight that are also playing tomorrow. I'm looking right now. I see Brooklyn, Detroit, Orlando. Um, it looks like Milwaukee, Golden State. And so all of those teams we have to consider when we're going through this, that they're on the backside of a back-to-back. And that'll have massive ramifications. So we'll try to discuss some of that now. But again, if some of these guys get ruled out tomorrow, you know, check it, check it, check it. Because uh, we're on Twitter. We have a great team that's blurbing and putting things out. At Hoopball Fantasy, check on on there on Twitter uh, throughout the day, and certainly you can follow the three of us. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J O E S A R V A D I. He's at Mike Patria, M I K E A P O T R I A, and our man Andrew is at Language Olympic. Okay, we got all the pleasantries out of the way. The New Orleans Pelicans and Oklahoma City Thunder are the first game on the board, and would you like to dive into that, sir? Let's do it. So, uh, obviously, we're, this is one of the games. It's the early one. We're going to have to monitor the news, but it's the first game of the day, so we will have that news. But uh, right now, Stephen Adams, I believe, is questionable. Um, I'm actually putting him on the better half of doubtful just from recent reports over practices of the past few days. Uh, yes. you know, mentions that he doesn't look like he has – he doesn't look like himself. He doesn't have lift really off the ground. Um, so I would expect him to sit, and I think I'm good to go to fire Nerlens Noel right back up. I think this yeah. is going to be an excellent matchup for Shea. Um, hopefully we see Drew Holiday guarding more of Chris Paul, um, but we want it, we want whoever Drew's not guarding at the end of the day. So whether it's Shea, whether it's Paul, one of those guys should be in line for a fairly good game. I don't like to touch people when Drew Holiday's on him. He's an all-pro defender. Um, and then the other spot is obviously Danilo Gallinari. I'm not really going to dumpster dive too far into the bench. If you're playing this game, you know, usually on most sites, it's five or six spots max. So you're not looking to, Mm -hmm. you know, get more than generally four guys from one team regardless. So I think the three main or four main guys I mentioned are the only guys on OKC I'm looking at. Um, And if we slide over to the Pelicans, I think it's going to be the obvious names of the guys that we've been playing, which would be, you know, Lonzo, Drew, Okafor, if we know he's getting the starting nod again. And then, you know, I think Brandon Ingram's just got to be a lock at this point. I was so pumped last last night. By the way, I I was telling everybody at, at Rotorator fade fade that big thug Jokic. He's such a waste of skin, and he got outpointed by Jaleel Okafor head to head. How bad how badass was that man? That well, was amazing. It was kind of badass because on that same pod, uh, I think I did a show. And I like both of them, <laughs> so oh, I, no. I got the, I got the, I won the part where I wanted to play tons of Oka for, and I did. I played him in a hundred percent of them almost. I, I think I had him in probably about ninety percent of my lineups that night, uh, but I also probably had about seventy percent or sixty-five percent Jokic in that same in that same breath. So it, Dude, uh, it I, I've been beaten down on him since the first day of. Uh, preseason i can't believe if i was on i'd have talked you out of it it wasn't even about like his play and thinking he was i had plenty of money to spend there wasn't a lot of priced up options on the slate it was you know him Kawhi leonard you know and then you're looking at jimmy butler and bam and i wasn't really attracted to that first game against the hawks but it was you know heat first hawks and the second time that they were playing in a few days so 
I, I wasn't really too interested in that. I didn't target too many priced up guys, and it turns out a few of them did well. I, I didn't really play any Butler, and he had a great game, but I still managed to cash out everywhere, so uh, despite, despite by having the Jokic. I was just so happy about it because he was so incredibly high-owned. I just loved it, but uh, anyway, I, I digress. All right. the Yes, in this game... Uh, I like uh, Shea again. You know, I know I'm the, the Shea card-carrying holder of the Shea fan club somehow, but I like Shea and I like Nerlens as well. Nerlens was was priced uh, basically at uh, almost minimum and had a really solid double-double. Uh, he was ding just a little bit, and I saw just a report here a couple hours ago that he's probable he's feeling fine. I'm with you, you know, watch the news, but I believe Adams is out. That's the way I'm going to handicap it. So uh, because it's a, a, a pace up game, uh, New Orleans is the fifth fastest pace team in the league. Uh, I'm going to go with, with two thunder with Shea and Steven Adams. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, I, by the way, I wanted to mention before I go over to the other side, I believe that Drew Holiday will guard Chris Paul. So that's my, my thinking to, you know, uh, sort of follow up on what you stated, because that that is key. You know, he is such a good defender. You want you want to avoid uh, his his head to head D um, on the New Orleans side. You know, it's it's really been sort of Brandon Ingram's like been the only guy that's statistically done a really nice job. Um, Gentry sort of doing the play 9 million guys, uh, rotation here right now. And I don't think he has any idea who he wants to go to. I, you know, it looked like Jackson Hayes was going to get some run. He got in foul trouble. He started Melly for the first time, you know, ball Walker, Frank Jackson got hot during that game. And then of course, holiday and Hart. I mean, Kenrich Williams, how the hell do you decide JJ Reddick? I'm so I'm I'm terrified of playing anybody on that team, and you know, with your theory of sort of what happened to you with Tristan Thompson, I just know as soon as I jump on Brandon Ingram, he's going to throw a a dud up there, and so I'm I'm fading New Orleans altogether. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, if, uh, I, I you got to I think take a couple shots on a couple of these guys. No one's saying you have to play a ton of them, um, but like this should be a pretty fancy friendly game, I think overall. It's going to be interesting. All right, the first game on the main slate is a 7 p.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time start. Brooklyn Nets, Detroit Pistons, both coming off games tonight uh, that are that were contested games. Brooklyn, uh, you know, is playing Houston and Detroit and Chicago. So, you know, who's going to sit? Who's going to be on a, a minutes? Uh, you know. Uh, restriction if you will on a back-to-back that is really going to be interesting um you got to watch the news it's going to affect everything in this game uh without question um you know i would definitely not play guys like kyrie irving uh, on a back-to-back i just can't see i would think he's either going to sit or play minimal minutes um you know every and same thing with with even uh your man, uh, Mr. MVP, you know, he's – what are the chances he plays a back-to-back with a sore hamstring, you know? So keep an eye on Rose's news. Um, you know, do you, is there value in this game? I mean, Drummond has been unstinking believable, and the, Brooklyn's the worst against centers. So if, if Drummond's going to play, he's automatically going to start my build, period. If he's not going to play, then then uh, you know I'm not going to punt to like a thon maker. I will go to Christian Wood though. So uh, in for me, it's going to be Drummond. If Drummond sits, it's going to be Wood, and that's a hundred percent lock and load. On the Brooklyn side, I don't I don't trust anything coming off this Houston game until I see some news. Um, you know, you would think. The best play if Irving does sit or play minimal would be Dinwiddie, but I watched uh, a, a, quite a bit of that game before we went on the show in the first half, and Dinwiddie just looked completely out of sync. So I would, I'm not sure 
if that's you know the best option. Although he's a streak shooter, and you never know how that's going to go. You know, Lavert uh, was stepping up and playing hard again on a back-to-back tough call. So uh, a lot of that, I'm just waiting on the news. I'm definitely going to fire up a big from Detroit, and then we'll just go from there. Well, how about you? Yeah, I think Drummond's 100% in play. He should, he's probably going to be the start for a lot of people's builds. They're going to see the same matchup that we're seeing. I'm not really worried about the back-to-back for him necessarily. They had one earlier in the year. He played 40 minutes on the front end and then 36 on the back end. So I don't think his minutes are necessarily going to be limited. And this is it's it's something that you know the Pistons are going to go into this game knowing that they have to expose, and it's their front court. So I think Drummond's 100% in play. I definitely think we have to watch the Derrick Rose news. Um, if he's out or if he's going to be limited, I think Tim Frazier is someone that we can look to fire up. He's a great point-per-minute guy. He easily racks up assists, steals, even a couple rebounds here and there. Not the best scorer, uh, but he's close to minimum salary, and it's somebody that can really you know, bode well for this kind of slate. Uh, we're going to have a ton of value later in the game due to a couple suspensions of a couple chicken suit guys that we will get to. Hey, chicken suit. And you tried to avoid the, <laughs> the loss, man. I'm ashamed of you, Mike. You you should have just stepped up and took the loss like a man. You tried to weasel out of it. And they had to, the NBA had to give us a ruling. And it's three. It's three two, coach. I, I was, I'll let you have it. I, you know, I, I tried to. Do, I did try to put up my fight. It didn't work well. Um, you know, kind of like <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns in that fight. I Can mean, you if believe you, those two, we they were our chicken suit challenge, and then they got into a fist fight. Uh, I think they play so in March bad. or something, man. I can't wait to watch that matchup again. It's going to oh be intense. God. It's going to be one that I got circled on my calendar. I can tell you that much. That's uh, so funny. But you know, back back to the uh, you know this game. Um, looking, keep an eye on that because that's you know the Tim Frazier news. If, if I hear he's starting with Rose out, we should, and he's looking at thirty plus minutes, um, he'd be a great value play that we could look at. I'm not really focusing too much on anything else. I think Christian Wood um, is a is a you know a high risk GPP play just because we know his minutes are kind of volatile. When he gets right. them in this kind of matchup, he'll absolutely smash. So he's somebody I'm going to keep an eye on. I'm not going to you know overload on him if we for some reason Drummond were to sit, he'd be probably a lock and load in everybody's lineups without a doubt. Uh, looking at the other side of the ball, I don't think we have to worry too much about necessarily a minutes limit for Kyrie. Um, it's just a great matchup where I kind of want to target and pay up for him. You know, 17-4 on fantasy draft and a back-to-back against a team like the Tip Pistons. They're not good defensively, uh, but they're kind of like mediocre in the, right now in the standings when it comes to pace. So uh, not the matchup I want to target him. I'm, I'm not really jumping on the Levert. I jumped on Levert tonight just because of the matchup. Again, don't like the matchup for this. I think the only guy I'm really going to be looking for on the Nets would be DeAndre Jordan because I know that Jared Allen started tonight, but DeAndre started the two games prior. Uh, this just seems like it's a bigger a bigger body matchup where he would be more fitting in the starting lineup than Jared Allen. And he might actually end up seeing extended run if we're looking at like 24, 25 minutes from him uh we could be looking at another big rebounding game from him so he, he kind of intrigues me a little bit but we do have like i mentioned a ton of forward and center values that we're going to be talking about later so it really only if you land on him um i think it's necessary so there i am that's what i got for you right there that's good 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 uh, analysis all right we go to the other 7 uh, p.m eastern game and uh it's the denver nuggets at the orlando magic and let me uh, give you a quiz question, and I'm, I guarantee you get, you're going to get the answer. Who is the last and second-to-last slowest teams in the NBA? It's definitely got to – can't be the Nuggets magic. But I'm going to go Nuggets magic because you wouldn't be asking you this question. You got it. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. They're 29th and 30th, and they're both, uh, you know, just grinded out, slow – basketball and I want nothing to do with them and I am not taking uh you know I'm certainly going to continue to fade Jokic forever until he shows that that he uh is getting in shape and actually wants to be out there he he looks so embarrassingly sluggish in that last game it was amazing but uh no I'm not even going to go and waste my precious time in this discussion I'm passing I don't want to waste anyone's time either. I just have one thing I want to point out that I'm keeping an eye on. And Jonathan Isaac looks like he went to the locker room hurt tonight. So if he were to, if he were to sit out, uh, I think Alfred Rukuminu would probably be the most likely candidate to draw the start. He's seven five, so I like to just mention a good value play. 
Uh, his upside's never tremendous. We know he can play 30 minutes sometimes and put up, you know, barely, very little stats overall. And then we see the other games where he puts up 37 and a half fantasy points in limited minutes. So very volatile guy, but he, he might be looking at 30 plus minutes tomorrow night. I'm, I'm, that is a good point. All right. Um, we go to the third game on the main slate, Minnesota T-Wolves minus Cat, obviously. Uh, and the Washington Wizards. What do you What do you think, man? I think this is going to be a fantasy friendly game, uh, especially knowing that we're going to have some value opening up with Carl Anthony Towns sitting out. I think Covington is a guy that I I've been getting wrong this season. I'm going to get him right. It's bound to happen. This is a great matchup for him. I think that we're going to see him have a little bit of uptick in usage. He's not a big usage guy, so now maybe he can kind of level off into you know like a good second or third option on this given night during the or at least two nights during the suspensions. And I think he's going to have a little bit more rebounding upside in this kind of matchup. So I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be on Covington. I think the obvious candidates to fill in uh, for Carl Anthony Towns' minutes load would be Noah Vonleh and Jordan Bell. Um, we might even see a little bit of Gorgie Dang. That's their true backup center. But they're going to be jumbling it up, I think, a little bit between the three of these guys. That if I had to pick one of the three, my my favorite play would probably be Jordan Bell. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. How about the other side of the ball? Other side of the ball, I, I think Bradley Beal is obviously always going to be an option. I think Thomas Bryant is, uh, is definitely going to be an option, knowing that, you know, Carl Anthony Towns isn't necessarily, uh, a, you know, a great defender. He's actually pretty, you know, pretty poor. Terrible. He's pretty yeah. poor in that, in that breath. Uh, but, you know, the other options that are coming in aren't that great either. And they're a little bit of smaller bodies, while Thomas Bryant's kind of a bigger body guy. He can stretch the floor, which he's been showing a little bit this season. Uh, the only thing that's kind of bothering me is his price tag. I want it to come down a little bit. I don't know if I want to pay thirteen eight yet. Once I start tinkering with some lineup builds, I'll figure that out. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I'm not really touching anything. Rui's at a fair price tag, where I don't think we're getting a lot of value. I think some of the value is going to be a little bit better in some of the other games that we have to choose from. So I'm not really going to go to Rui, uh, and I'm not touching the point guard thing. Um, well, what, you, you know, you you could have had it could have been three three if you would have stuck up for Mr. Isaiah Thomas. Hey, he's lightning in a bottle. In the right matchups, I love targeting him, and I'm probably going to continue doing it. I don't think this is the matchup I want to target him in. Um, I want to find him in those games where it's going to be he's going against you know two or one uh, star-studded players who are going to be coming out gunslinging, uh, fast points, fast pace. Like they're going to need his buckets. Those are the games I want to target him in. He's going to come off the bench and just chuck and take 15. No doubt. Um, I okay. For, as far as my take on this game, I I really love this game. That you've got the uh, two top ten pace teams, seventh and tenth in Minnesota and Washington, and without Cat, there's just a massive amount of usage shift for Minnesota. And I believe that a lot of that's going to go to Andrew Wiggins. You're going to see him be one of the highest uh, guys owned. There's going to just be a ton of. Uh, ton of ownership shifting to him and I you know I'm not a Wiggins guy I know he's been a little more aggressive this year but too many empty stats too point dependent for me I'm gonna uh, shift to Noah Vonley as my you know if I use him and Nerlens Noel strategically in my lineups is what I'm planning on doing I think it opens up a huge amount of salary for me and I think Vonley can put up a double double I really do I think he's he's going to get the start, and again, we got to see all this news. But I I just got a feeling he'll get the start and be able to to produce. I also am going to consider Jeff Teague or Robert Covington. I may use one of the two in a in a cash lineup and one of them in a GPP. So I think there's you know at least three solid guys from Minnesota in play here strictly because of the massive, massive usage that's going to come open with Cat being out. So I'm excited about that side of it for sure. And then um, on the other side of the ball with Washington, that extra salary I was talking about, I'm going to use definitely for Bradley Beal. I think, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, he he blew up like that because it was that crazy 159-158 game against Houston, whatever. But if you've been following Beal, he leads the league in usage for a player for his team. So, you know, I sort of was on that early on talking about that. And statistically, you look it up, he leads uh, the NBA in usage. So uh, I'm on him. I think he's just awesome. 
I, I think that he's in a groove. He needed, I think, that bust-out game to you know, feel comfortable. It's a home game with Minnesota being shorthanded. So, you know, Beal and Drummond are going to lead my, my build for sure. And uh, after that, you know, Thomas Bryant I like a lot. I think that uh, he's very, very tempting. And, you know, his price tag is, is creeped up a little bit. But he's certainly going to get uh, some look for me. There's some of the sites where Vonley uh, and Bryant are both power forward and center eligible. So you got to look look through those. But, yeah, this is one of my favorite games. You know, I'm going to have uh, probably two guys from each side uh, for sure or, or three and one, uh, four guys representing. This is my game of the night. Oh, yeah, and I'm right on board with you when you're talking about Wiggins taking a bunch of shots. I mean, he takes a bunch of shots anyway. He's, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he's upwards of 28 shots. Um, but he, like you said, he's very scoring dependent, and that's the reason. He's one of those guys I don't play. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna, so I'm just going to continue not playing him. Um, and you might be right. Maybe Vonley is the guy that starts. And at the end of the day, we're going to want the guy that's in the starting lineup. I'm, I don't know if it's going to be Vonley. I don't know if it's going to be Jordan Bell. Uh, when I was watching the game, when the fight happens, I believe Jordan Bell actually might have been the first one that checked in once the whole uh, ejections and everything got sorted out. Um, okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I could be. I, I'm pretty sure if my memory serves me correct, that's exactly what I, happened. Yeah, I did not. I don't remember that. I can I can go back and look though real quick. Uh, go uh, ahead. Keep keep evaluating. I'll take a quick look. Yeah, yeah. So that, and that's my thinking that maybe that's you know that's the way that they want to go with it. But they did bring Vonley in for a reason. So and we did remember when Vonley was playing for the Knicks and whenever he did have opportunity to be the starting center in the lineup and play twenty six plus minutes, we were seeing good stat lines. I mean, this is a guy that he was getting upwards to like you know almost that thirteen k range on fantasy draft and you know that six three six four range on DraftKings. So. Whoever's in the starting lineup, whoever's playing center, is going to be in a great spot and some of that we're going to want to target. Um, and if it's Vonley, I'm with you, Coach. I'll be having him in a ton of my lineups. If it's Bell, I'll have a ton of Bell in my lineups. Yeah, and after the ejection on Wednesday, Vonley played 15 and Bell 12. So, yeah, now that makes me nervous, man, because if they're going to just split those minutes, I don't want any part of it. You know, I was hoping we'd get one of those guys to play 25 to 30 minutes. Uh as the guy that's plugging in. But if this is going to be a, a center by committee with him out, then I'm going to check out. So uh, that's a tough call. Yeah, I think that's why I think it's going to come down to whoever the actual starter is because at the end of the day, if, he, if this game stays close, which I'm fully anticipating it staying pretty close and being pretty tight down in the fourth quarter, we're most likely going to see the starting unit stick together and most of them play 30 or close to 30 minutes. So. Um, I'm probably going to be only looking at the starter. I mean, the the obvious pivot would be whoever's not starting uh, because the starter is going to draw where all the ownership of the attention. Yeah. I, you know, if it comes down to it, I'm going to, I'm going to keep looking into it, but I, I may just go Teague and Covington because Covington will get a lot of those rebounds too, that, that uh, cat usually gets because he does hit the glass. So good point there. And, and uh, that's a good thing to talk through because, you know, that can be a, a, a T.J. Leaf uh, slate crusher kind of thing if uh, if a guy, you know, one of those guys only gets 10 minutes and just punches you in the nose, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And not to mention Jeff Teague and Covington have the largest usage bump when Carl Anthony Towns has been off the floor. So we're looking at Teague seeing a 9.5% usage bump and Covington seeing a 76 So, and actually, you know, it's not really a marginal move, but uh, Wiggins with a negative point zero one or point one. So I don't know if he's like, you know, breathing less or what it is, but it's not really a move whatsoever, but he's not seeing a bump up. So he's going to probably, he might just take the same out. He chucks anyway. That's my, that's my theory behind it. It's not like he's going to get more rebounds and everything else because Cat isn't like to do that regardless. Um, Right. He's just going to plan on chucking regardless whether Towns was playing or not. Yeah, and remember, it's the only matchup of two teams in the top ten in pace on the on the card, and that that's worth more possessions, more DFS uh, points. Okay, we uh, very good. Let's see here. I've got to switch back to screens now to get to uh, our next game at eight o'clock. Game: the Phoenix Suns and the Memphis Grizzlies. So you said you like the other game. I like this game. Uh, yeah, man. This is going to be a fast-paced game with a bunch of fun young guys to watch. I'm going to enjoy watching it. I'm going to enjoy playing it. Um, yep. You know, I'll start over well, on Memphis the Grizzlies second side. And, 
Memphis is second. Phoenix is 13. So you're right. Good call. Uh, I'm looking at, you know, on the Memphis side of the ball, all the young talent there. I think, you know, John Morant is a guy that we've we've kind of been touting a little bit. I can say it for Andrew. I know Andrew's been touting him pretty well. Um, he's kind of at a fair price. I think this is a good matchup. Rubio could cause some problems. The only thing that worries me is his minutes. We kind of seen them dip back down to that 25 mark after he came out and exploded against Brooklyn for 50 fantasy points. He played 32 minutes in that night. Um, and then he went right back down to the 25. So I think he's in play. He's more of a GPP guy. I'm not going to have an overload of him, but I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him have a good game. Um, but what I want to do is expose the front court. I, you know, I think Jonas Valanciunas' minutes limit is starting to get raised a little bit uh, more and more. I think eventually we're going to want to hit him on that one game where it's gone. We might not, you know, we might have the news, we might not. So keep that in the monitor. If we see that he's getting 25 to 28, that's plenty enough for me to play him in this matchup. He has massive upside. He's a great points per minute guy, and I expect him to fully smash in this starting lineup. So uh, I'm looking at him, Jaron Jackson Jr. He's always in play, but the foul trouble is going to plague him. So limit him to GPPs. And then where I really want to get my exposure is on the Sun side of the ball. I think this is another good spot for Devin Booker. I expect him to eventually get priced up. He's still only at 15K in fantasy draft. Um, that's just too cheap. This is a guy that we've seen have massive upside. He's going to keep leading the team in shots. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's out. That's you know their second go-to scorer. And you know I, I'm going to keep riding the hot hand. I think we can keep riding Kelly Oubre Jr. He's been absolutely smashing this season. And then your guy, Ricky Rubio. Uh, he's looking yeah. fantastic. And you know it's hard pressed to even in limited minutes not want to play him. I mean, he's playing, he's averaging 31.5, but even in the game where he played 28 against Utah, that's a tough matchup. He played limited minutes. I think he came into the game injured and he put up 10, 10 and eight. So I definitely think he's an option. He hasn't had a game lower than 30 uh, fantasy points this season and he's 12, five. So um, those, that's where I'm looking to get most of my exposure is those three guys in the sun. And I think I'm going to be looking at a little bit of Jonas over on the other side. Well, my new favorite son is Aaron Baines, 58.1 fantasy points uh, at a very cheap price in his last game. How about that for punching value in the chops? I mean, he plays his butt off, man. I, I love that guy. Um, you know, does he come back to that number? No, I, I 58.1, I doubt it. But, and there's, I've got already got some value center, so I'm not probably going to click the Baines button, but I did want to mention that because I was so proud of that pick in his last game. He just smashed it. Um, I I haven't dialed up as much of a fan and as much as I like Ricky Rubio. I have not rostered him this year, but I like him in this game. I think that the pace uh, is good. Uh, Jaws quick and he gets a hand on everything, but he gambles still on D, you know, just like a rookie would. So I think you got to consider Rubio at a, a fair price like that because uh, he does contribute all the way around. He gets some boards and, and gets it done. Um, Ubre's starting to sneak up on price a little bit, but uh, is in consideration. I don't think I'm going to take the, the Devin Booker bait here because uh, I think he's going to be so highly owned. And uh, I like Dylan Brooks' defense. I think he plays – he plays hard. He gets up in it, and really, he doesn't do much offensively. But he he does get after it defensively, and that's enough to scare me off of him a little bit. Um, on the other side of the ball, I also like Jaw as well. I think that you know he and Rubio both could could have good games. It might be a game you want to uh, come right back, you know, with the other guard and and double up there. Um, I'm with you on the Joe Val thing. I mean, he has been awesome when he's played. They've stuck with a very, very stringent 25-minute uh, max for him, and it's cost them a couple of games by not being able to play him in the fourth. So uh, I checked everywhere I could, and I, I can't find any other reports on what that minutes limit restriction, if it's changed or been increased. Everything to me still looks like, uh, you know, without any news that it's still 25 minutes. And I just, you know, I just can't pull the trigger. I want to. And as soon as I hear he goes to 30, I'm going to do it. But at 25, I'm, I, it just scares the hell out of me to go that direction. So I think the only guy on the Memphis side I'm looking at here uh, is Jaw. And hopefully he doesn't 
have a ton of turnovers and can get it done. Yeah, and I, I'm looking for that news, and that's something I want to see. So I, I know you said you saw 25, and he hasn't even played that yet. The most he's played this season was last game, and it was 22 minutes. Uh, and he's been putting up double-doubles the past three games. He had a 40, 44 fantasy point night in 19 minutes two games ago. That's um, insane. He's a, he's a fantastic point-per-minute producer. This will be a, you know, a great matchup for him as well. And if we do hear, like, you know, if he's actually going to play 25, that would be even better. But I want to see, like, 25 to 28 minutes or if there's just no minutes restriction. As soon as we hear that, honestly, I almost don't even care about the matchup. He's going to be too cheap. Uh, this guy's going to get up there in price tag, and at some point this season, he's going to be at least 14K. Yeah, I agree with you, man, and I, I want to be on him. I love the way he's playing. So, yeah, it, so let's keep reading up on that. I mean, but, man, are you are you going to pull the trigger if he's only playing 20 minutes? I don't think I need to. I mean, maybe in a couple uh, GPP lineups just because he'll be severely low-owned. Like I said, I think a lot of these – uh, higher priced forwards and centers are going to be lower owned just because of all the value that's going to be available at the positions. So I think, you know, pulling the trigger on a couple of guys like that, he'll end up probably being like two or 3% owned maximum. I'm sure on this slate, if we, if we don't have any news on the minutes restriction. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, that's for sure. All right, let's go to the last eight o'clock game. And then before we hit the, the two late games tomorrow night, uh, and, and that game is Toronto at Milwaukee. That should be uh, a really fun game to watch. The, the two favorites to win the East in a, in a good uh, matchup. It's being played in Milwaukee. Again, Milwaukee's coming off a back-to-back. They played tonight. Uh, so Toronto's got to travel to Milwaukee, but they, uh, they did have the night off. Um, you know, for me with Toronto – I, I've been amazed this this year, and it's a stat that I think everybody needs to to be aware of. I did a little homework on this because, you know, I, the numbers were sort of proving out. But everybody assumed that when Kawhi left the Raptors, that 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 mantle of minutes and usage and time and everything would be taken over strictly by Siakam, period, and that Gasol might get a little bit more responsibility at the center. But it's actually Siakam's the same usage level as he was last year. All of that has gone to Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, the two backcourt guys. They have both been fantastic this year, and uh, they're both playing monster, monster minutes. It's a big game against Milwaukee at Milwaukee. It's a statement game, and you know I don't believe Bledsoe's a good defender at all on the Milwaukee side. Uh, when they do bring in um uh who do they who's their backup point guard it's escaping. George Hill George Hill when he gets in there he can defend but you know I Lowry's going to get Bledsoe mostly so Lowry's in play for me without question and Van Vliet's in play I think they both you know are 35 minute kind of guys and I think both will be in play with Milwaukee coming off a of back to back getting big minutes and being a statement game. So I'm going to consider both backcourt guys rather than spending uh, the massive number on Siakam, who, who's going to get some Giannis defense, which we know, uh, you know, he's defensive first team uh, type player. Um, on the Milwaukee side, you know, I got stung last time. I, I went all in on Giannis and he, he is awesome, but, He's, he hasn't been as dominant this year as he was last year by any stretch. And, it, I, you know, I know he's been really, really good, and I'm not saying to fade Giannis. It's just uh, his salary. You know, being the highest paid, highest salary guy on the, on the board makes it tough. And, you know, they're going to be really zoning in on him defensively, Siakam and, and uh, Gasol and everybody. So, I just don't want to spend uh, the majority of my salary on Giannis tomorrow. So being that it's a back-to-back, I think they'll rotate guys a little bit more. And uh, I, I'm going to pass on the Milwaukee side and, and roster a couple Toronto guards here and see where it takes me. 
Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, at the end of the day, they did they did limit some of their starters' minutes. You know, Middleton played twenty, Bledsoe twenty seven, Giannis played thirty, uh, Lopez played twenty five. They got a bunch they, of their yeah. They blew them out. Yeah, yeah. It was it was absolute one twenty three to ninety one game. So you know that kind of does help. And part of me wants to you know knowing that Giannis is the play, play that narrative of he, knowing how fierce of a competitor he is, knowing that this team, uh, you know, or it's their competition. Uh, you know, he wants to beat them. He wants to be the best in the East. Uh, but I'm not just going to start building lineups of, off of just, you know, made up narratives that I can't really go by coach. So, um, I'm yeah. not going to be too heavily owning Giannis. I think that we have some other options on the slate that we could turn to. I don't really like the backpack. If I am going to play him, it would be in some sort of game stack scenario where maybe I want to play two guys on the other side of the ball. Uh, you know, maybe play like an OG and then play Lowry. Um, OG is probably going to be, you know, one of my favorite value plays on the Toronto side of the ball, just because I do think that Lowry and Van Vliet are pretty much priced accordingly. Um, but I'm with you. I do think Lowry's in a good spot. I think this is a matchup where if this game stays close, it's going to have a lot to do with him. Um, and I can easily see both those two guys leading the team in scoring if Siakam's going to struggle a little bit with Giannis on him. So I kind of like the way you built that game script for yourself. Um, and I think it's one that could be useful for other people as well. So if you're, if you're kind of going with the narrative that, you think Siakam's going to have a struggle on offense? You know, get the two guys that are going to keep this game close on the other side, and you know that's that's Van Fleet and that's Lowry. And and that's a real contrarian opinion because you know Giannis and, and Siakam are going to get all the ownership, and you know uh, it's it's definitely outside the box, but I think it makes perfect sense. And I'm glad you brought up uh, Ananobi because he's one of the most improved players in the league. If you look statistically at what he's done thus far this year defensively minutes played and his production i mean he's been really really a pleasant surprise so that's a good value guy that you can go to at any time just because uh of how well uh, how much he's improved in 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 how he stepped it up but you know Giannis is shooting from from mid-range to outside to three has been just abysmal and you know with Gasol, Ibaka and Siakam defending inside and I, I'm not going to – I don't feel comfortable with Giannis chucking 20, 25-foot uh, shots. So, uh, again, I'm not saying fade him. I'm, he's an, almost an unfadeable guy to say don't ever play him. But I just – I think Toronto is going to muscle up against him. He's not shooting the ball well. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to go elsewhere. All right, man. Awesome. A uh, couple of things quickly. Again, thanks to our sponsor, Fantasy Draft. Uh, they are the only rake-free fantasy site in the industry. Their NBA contests are incredible. They have a $30,000 pick and roll daily. Uh, this $25 to enter and a $5, $7,500 layup contest. Great contest. I'm in them every day. Get in there. Um, go to, to fantasydraft.com. Sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL and get that seven days free. Also, thank you to our other sponsors, Manscaped.com, MyBookie.ag, and Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Make sure to tune into NBA DFS Today podcast every day. We're seven days a week. We are everywhere the podcast can be found. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube. Please take the time to rate, review, subscribe, five stars, likes, thumbs up, all greatly, greatly appreciated. Those go a long way in keeping our sponsors happy and allowing us to keep this content free for you seven days a week. Also, connect to us on Twitter. I'm going to mention it again because, again, we do these shows the night before. If you're not following it the next night and following everything we're doing on Twitter, yeah, uh, you could make a mistake. One mistake can kill your card. So I'm uh, first of all, it's at Hoopball Fantasy. Uh, make sure you jump on there on Twitter. They all the blurbs and everything goes up there. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J O E S A R V A D I. He's at Micah Patria, M I K E A P O T R I A, and Mr. Andrew Hansen, the biggest Jaw Moran fan in this country is at language olympic and also go to hoop-ball.com go to the forums click on the dfs forum thread we have two unbelievable guys miles and andy just pile driving info on there 
24-7. You know, people that are scratched, news, everything that's going on. Get on there, check it out. And when you're on hoop-ball.com, sign up for our premium content. We've got all kinds of things going. We are a one-stop NBA fantasy shop. All right, bro, two games left. Last two on the slate. Uh, the Let's see, where are we? It is Charlotte and Golden State. You got it. All right, man. Uh, this is a game that, unfortunately, we're doing before we can kind of find out exactly what Golden State's going to do for four full quarters. So we're going to kind of have to go off a whim and what we basically think they're going to do tonight and hope the same thing transitions into this card as well. Um, and looking at it, you know, D'Angelo Russell, I think, is going to be one of my main targets on Golden State side. Just all the usage he's going to absorb with Curry being out. He's going to be a little bit more prone to handling the ball, probably a few more assists. Uh, great matchup against the opposing point guards. Terry Rozier probably couldn't guard me. Um, so he's, you know, a guy that I like to target other point guards going against. So I'm, I'm, I'm really going to be on board with Russell. I think uh, Draymond Green is obviously going to be another popular play on the Warriors side. I don't know how I exactly feel about him. I think he's priced a little high, 17-4. Yes, I think the periphery stats are still going to be there, but... He's not a guy that is is going to benefit from a ton of usage. He, you know, he he does struggle to find his shots on some nights, and he's going to be forced to shoot. He's better off when he's trailing on a play, and because they had Clay, they had Curry, and at points they had Durant on the wing and on the inside, where he had all day to shoot. He's not good at rushing shots. He's not good at jacking them and forcing them. So I, mm-hmm. I'm actually thinking about fading Draymond completely, um, letting other people buy in on that. You know, with that increased you know assist usage, I think that's going to happen. Don't get me wrong. Uh, right. But even if he puts up, you know, 10 assists, 10 boards, and then it gets you six points at 14-4, that's barely going to get it done. So I'm, I'm fading him, and then just knowing, I kind of want to see what's going to happen with this guard rotation. Um, but we know, I think Jordan Poole already got announced the starter, so I think, you know, he's definitely going to be in play. Um, right. And Glenn, Glenn Baby Dog played big minutes the past few games. He's going to be an option. I don't really love his price tag on fantasy draft. He's 9-1. Um, but I wouldn't knock you if you wanted to take a shot on them. And then Eric Pascal. So those are the guys that I'm really interested in kind of finding out how this usage is going to be distributed amongst. I think the better options would be Pascal uh, and Poole, but yeah. we're going to have to wait and see, I think, after tonight's game. Good call, man. How about on Charlotte's side? Did you did you say anybody on Charlotte? Charlotte's side, is, I'm not really too interested. If I had to play two guys, Cody Zeller's been crushing. Um, his rebounds have been there every single game for the past four games. I expect that to kind of continue in this matchup. Offensive game's not really known for it. It's not a big one. Uh, but Terry Rozier, I think they're going to be forcing the minutes, and I think the matchup just got a little bit better for him, knowing that this team's going to be able to you know stay close with them now. I mean, Golden State's been playing pretty piss poor for the season as it's been, but yeah. You know, Charlotte's the worst team in the NBA, and now they at least at least they know that they might be able to compete into it a little bit. So, I, I do think Terry Rozier playing thirty plus minutes. Uh, his price tag's pretty fair, twelve five on fantasy draft. I think he's another option, and then you know Cody Zeller would be a, a more of a cash option than a GPP for me. All right, man. Um, well, I like a few Charlotte guys. You know, Golden State's playing very fast, even though. Uh, they're utilizing most of their bench guys. Uh, they're still playing at a super pace. Um, I like Devontae Graham. I, I just, I've been riding him all year cheap and he keeps producing, you know, four or five X constantly. So I like him a lot and, uh, I sneaky like miles bridges in this game. He seems to play way better in a, a wide open game when he could run the floor and throw down some windmill dunks and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm, I'm leaning towards playing both of those guys, Devontae and Miles. Uh, I like them both. On the Golden State side, this is a val- value play city for me. I'm not going to touch D'Angelo or Draymond. Draymond, I know a lot of the usage is going to go there. The, I'm considering playing three guys, not that I'm going to play all three of them. I'm going to choose between one of them of these three play cash and one on, on a, on my GPP lineup, but it's the three guys that I think are going to see the biggest usage bump uh, as opposed to it going to Russell and green. And that's Jordan Poole, Glenn Robinson and Eric Pascal. I think those three guys are all going to be three key contributors log, uh, logging a lot of minutes and getting, uh, the opportunity to to really shine. So 
you know, with uh, Curry having surgery today, he's going to be out a, a minimum of three months. They've already announced that Clay's out for the year. Uh, this is 100% mail-it-in season for Golden State. I think they'll, you know, probably package Russell in a trade, load up on draft picks. They have a, a first-round protected pick next year uh, that it, that's uh, lottery protected, top ten. So they uh, they're going to earn that, I'm sure, and keep it. And so you know, you got to look the rest of the season, to be honest with you, until the pricing catches up. Poole, Robinson, Pascal, Kai Bowman is another great guy. He's going to either be the backup point guard to D'Angelo. Or at times, if they go small and bump D'Angelo to the two, Bowman may start. They also have Alec Burks. I mean, you got to see how all these guys play out. But I think they're going to let the younger guys get the majority of this time, like the Pools and Pascals, to see, you know, make it an evaluation year on some of these young guys. So that's how I see that one, my brother. I'm glad you mentioned Alex Bur- Alec Burks because I talked about him on the show uh, yesterday with Andrew, and it was part of the reason why I didn't want to really dive into this value available tonight. Um, I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like, and I knew Alec Burks was coming back from an injury. So some of these guys that we have been seeing get run at the two um, is going to lose their minutes to Alec Burks eventually. He's going to probably play a 25- to 28-minute role at some point this season. He's working his way back from injury, though, so this being the second half of back-to-back, I'm less worried about Burks taking minutes from people knowing it's a back-to-back. I'm with you. I'm with you, and this that takes us to our final game of the night, and it is the Philadelphia 76ers, obviously without Joel Embiid, and the Portland Trailblazers. So, interesting matchup. What do you think, man? I'm probably going to spend a good amount of my money in this game. Um, you know, just wow. know, knowing that there's going to be a lot of usage. I'm not saying I'm going to stack it, but I can tell you right now, I'm probably going to have at least one or two of the expensive guys over there on the Sixers. And I really like Damian Lillard in this matchup as well. So, there's, you know, there's a few guys that I think that we could spend up on. We know that there's going to be probably Horford's going to probably slide over to the five. We'll see Harris move up to the four. Both those guys become excellent plays. Uh, Harris, we know we see his rebounds kind of skyrocket once uh, Embiid's out and he's playing his natural four once again. And the same thing goes for Horford. We're going to see a little bit of the offense kind of flow through him at the top of the key again. So I'm I'm looking forward to those two guys. I think Ben Simmons is always in play just because he does get a small usage bump with Embiid off the floor. It's, It's no secret. He takes a lot of shots. But it also just means more available rebounds. I mean, Embiid's a guy that you can pretty much count in for double digit rebounds night in and night out. And those are getting yeah. distributed amongst the starters because we're not talking about another guy that's necessarily coming off the bench to get those rebounds. We're seeing other guys shift up a position. Um, so those are pretty much going to get distributed amongst the starting lineup. So I'm really interested in trying to get that. And looking at the other side of the ball, like I said, I think this is going to be a good matchup for Damian Lillard. I think he's underpriced at 16-7. I think that's something I want to take advantage of. And I know that this is a competitive game. This is not an easy matchup for him whatsoever. So, you know, don't be shocked if the dud happens. I would say it's a GPP sort of of lineup kind of thing. Uh, But I can easily see him breaking this kind of slate. He'll go under-owned knowing that there's all these other options that we have. We have Kyrie Irving on the same slate. Like I said, we just mentioned Ben Simmons. We have Bradley Beal, Devin Booker. Kyle Lowry, there's a lot of other yeah. guards that are going to draw some attention. So he's probably going to go under-owned. I never play C.J. McCollum. I just can't get him right half the time. He's more of my pivot lineup play if I'm he's playing been it. hot, too. He yeah. has, and that's exactly why I'm staying away, Coach, because it's just bad news <laughs> when a guy's been hot and I try to jump on him. I generally only play C.J. McCollum if I'm running out. Let's say I'm playing 20 lineups in a night and I have Damian Lillard in 14 of them. I'll play like yeah. two or three with C.J. McCollum to kind of pivot off of them and hedge my lineups just in case, but... Uh, you know, another thing we have to monitor is Hassan Whiteside. Um, if yeah. we hear that he is out, there's a ton of value that's going to open up, and I'm playing all the Scalabas here if he sits. All right, man. I like that. Um, I like the, the Scalabas here call if if uh, Whiteside sits because we already know that Collins is sitting. So there's going to be a boatload of rebounds, and he doesn't have to face Embiid. So I think Scal's, uh, you know, we just have to wait to hear the, the news on Whiteside. I'm with you. If Whiteside doesn't play, Scal's a plug-and-play 100% lock for me. <laughs> um, God bless you, I think. Um, Thank you. I tried to turn the mic off before I sneezed, so I really do appreciate no it. No worries. No worries. Um, I'm, I'm going to steer clear of Lillard and McCollum 
just because I like Philly's defense. Simmons is so rangy. Richardson's an all-defensive player, lockdown guy to me. And Thibel off the bench is a great defender, too. So I'm going to steer clear of Portland altogether unless that Whiteside news comes out, and then I'll go with Scal. Uh, if Whiteside's playing, I'm not playing Whiteside anyway. I will never roster that dude. He's just ridiculous. But, um, you know, and then I guess on the other side of the ball, there there are a few tempting guys for me. Um it's just, you know, it, it, the rotation changes so much when Joel's out that, uh, you know, they share the usage. It just seems like there's a lot of sharing. I Horford as a four, you know, because there's not a lot of good power forwards on the, on the board, would probably be my favorite because he is going to scoop up probably 15-plus rebounds with Joel being out. Uh, and Portland being thin in inside. So I think Horford's a fine play. Uh, but uh, other than that, I think a lot of these guys are somewhat overpriced. And uh, I think I'm not going to have much of a late-night hammer sweat tomorrow because I'm not going to focus too much on that game. The more I think about this Lillard price tag, the more I'm losing my mind over it. He's only 16-7, and he's had four out of five games over 50 fantasy points awesome. of this season. And he's had some pretty difficult matchups. You know, opening night going against Denver, uh, 51 points. Last game they played OKC against Chris Paul and Shy. You know, Chris Paul's an excellent defender. I don't care yeah. how old he is. Shy's a lengthy young guy. And the game, he put up 58 in that one. The game before that, going against DeJounte Murray for most of the game, put up 54. So I'm not really, you know, worried about the matchup necessarily when it comes to Lillard. It's big shot, you know. Lillard, he, yeah. that's what it he does. He, and he, it's in Portland. so the Moments don't phase him. Defensive matchups don't phase him. He'll pull up. He'll get his shot. That It's it's just his his play style. He almost thrives in these kinds of difficult matchups. So right. I, um, I think just for the simple fact of where I think his ownership is going to be, the, the low price tag, I'm kind of talking myself onto him a little bit more and more um, as we go on. But, you know, I, I like how you brought up the price tag for a few of these 76er guys. It's not something I really took into account for. I immediately just, you know, talked about how much I like them. They are priced yeah. up a little bit. So it is something to think about when you want to talk about these guys. 13.5 for Tobias Harris and 13.2 for Al Horford is priced appropriately where they should be, knowing that, like, Joel Embiid's out. So right. definitely think about that. But I think there's still some meat that could be left uh, on the bone for him. And it's it's exposure to the late game hammer. I mean, everybody always wants to have a little bit of exposure. It's nice to go to bed sometimes, seeing that you're winning money, and wake up knowing that you won even more. No doubt. I think you talked me into Dame. I I may try to squeeze him in, uh, but if I can't, I, I may do a lineup where I pivot from Beal to Lillard uh, and go that route too. Because I think you're right. I you know the only thing is though, what if they put Josh Richardson on him? That scares me a little bit, but like you said, he's somewhat, uh, you know, I just think about the shot that he hit in the playoffs when Paul George was guarding him from, you know, half court almost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess Wave bye-bye. It doesn't really matter, yeah. And I, I, I forgot to mention earlier, though, if you brought the ball up five times on Terry Rozier, I am going to bet you $100 that he strips you five straight times. You said he couldn't guard you. Oh, that's facts. That's It's absolutely true. Uh, there's and no doubt about dunks, it. He dunks the, uh, on the other direction. No, I lay hard fouls, Coach. Don't let that – that's not going to happen. I'll, I'll, I'll get posterized in a hard foul maybe like, you know, three out of four times. But that one time, I'm laying the wood. Uh, yeah, no, no. Gary Terry's going. He's the one that's going to be scared. That's I'm a it. very good backyard basketball player when it comes to you know. I did play a little bit uh, when I was younger. Fundamentally, I was I was a good point guard, very good vision. I had a very good jump shot. I was pretty much lights out from the free throw line, 90 percent from the line. Um, but I could not dribble, so you got me there, coach. That was my one struggle. I played point. Uh -oh. I played point, and as soon as they double pressured me at the half court. I was giving that thing up so fast it was not even funny. Handle gotcha, huh? <laughs> that was my one. I was good when I didn't. Once the pressure got put on me, uh, I forgot how to dribble instantly. So it was it, that was my one struggle. Um, you know, I had a couple cross moves, nothing that I would write home about, and it was very easy for guys to strip me when they wanted to. Well, all I know is that the hotel that we're going to stay at when we have this hoop ball get together at the NBA Summer League in July. They have a, a half-court basketball court. 
So can you imagine that that pickup game? Like you and I and, and Andrew against Benjamins, Dan Bespris, who I'm just guessing isn't a real strong post player. <laughs> Oh, this, that would be that would be fun, man. I listen. And, we, and we, we need, need a, brew. We'll get brew out there in the block. <laughs> We're gonna need some oxygen masks and some like baby roofs and whatever. That's the, the beauty of it. It's only a half court. Coach, so I tried to play like two weeks ago, man, and we were playing half court, like three on three. Me and a couple of my buddies. I was I was lighting it up. I was hot, and then. You know, I, I, I'm asking, I'm like, all right, guys, what do we got for score? And I'm winded and I'm gassed. And they're like, all right, it's like five to three. And I'm like, oh, God, this oh is rough, man. I'm, I'm out of shape. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a oh skinny God. guy over I here. I am, too. I am in bad shape, dude. But, you know, it's funny. I cannot flip the competitive switch off. I'm like a psycho out there. We, I, a couple of years ago, my son and his buddy, that they played for me on the AAU team. We, were, we, we somehow got into a half-court game with a couple of guys that we didn't like very much sort of jerky guys you should have seen the old coach pushing and shoving even threw a few f-bombs out there it got a little <laughs> bit crazy but we won you know we won two for two and and stepped off the court and said see ya rolled the ball out but uh yeah it's i i i just can't wait to take bespris down to the block especially after he stunned me this week, you know, by throwing <laughs> the old man jokes at me and, uh, you know, zinging me. So, you know, hope I don't know how much he actually listens to these shows. So hopefully he won't hear this, but hear the I'm, taking him, I'm taking him right down to the block, man. And right. it's not going to be a pretty thing for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll feed it, coach. I'll feed it. I'll just set it. I'll set it. it up. You know, I'll feed it. I'll let it. I'll let you do your work, man. I'll back off. I'll just. I'll actually just go on the other side of the court. I have confidence. I want to know who wins though between you and your boy. You said he's an AAU. I know he's getting a little older. Do you still have no. It, it was. It was my. It was my boy and a kid that played for me and myself. Yeah, but who's winning the, in the driveway after Thanksgiving? Who's winning that matchup one on one? Well, here's the thing. I the last time that I beat him by like a point which was a, probably about three or four years ago, I stopped playing him. I refused to. <laughs> yeah. But he still never beat me in horse. You tried to do that with the chicken soup battle too. Look at you. I see your game now, coach. You get a little lead and then all of a sudden you're like, I pulled the hamby. I'm done. No, no, no. I'll wait until I'm up a few and then then I'll make <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm smarter than I look. That's for sure. That much I'll tell you. All right, brother, any final thoughts on the card? I'm going to go watch this Mavs-Lakers uh, game. I'm psyched for this. Um, any any other uh, Saturday stuff for you? No, just monitor the news that we talked about. Keep an eye on who's going to be in the starting lineup for Golden State and a few of those other spots. You know, uh, we, we already pretty much – I think we have a good idea of what's going to be going on with Steven Adams. I'm, I'm expecting him more or less to sit. But, you know, Derek Rose is another name that we're going to want to keep an eye on and just really monitor it, uh, try to try to have backup plans for that last second, you know, news break or whatever if we hear it. So, yes, we're going to know what the starting lineups are half an hour before, but keep an eye on what the beat writers are saying, what we're retweeting, what we're saying over here on the fantasy blurbs, uh, because you'll get a better idea, uh, better understanding or idea once the coach is kind of pregame press conferencing saying maybe, that, you know, this guy might play 28 minutes tonight or he's going to see a minutes increase, whatever it may be, might come out. So keep an eye on everything. Uh, we'll try to get it out there for you, though, if you don't see it. Good info, good info. Well, fantastic, man. It's good to be back after a couple of days off. It was it was fun. I, I missed, missed the show. So good stuff. Um, we jump on the money train. We're hot, man. We're going we're gonna to just ride this in right into the weekend. So awesome stuff. Thank you for joining us on Hoopball NBA DFS today. For my man, Mike Apatria. And in absentia, the Ja Morant fan, Andrew Handsome, Andrew Handsome Handsome, <laughs> I'm I like coach. That. Yes. We will catch you tomorrow when we look to crush it again on NBA DFS. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.